Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, everybody. It's Russ. Welcome to My Hammers 11. Today, I am joined by a man who many of you will recognize his face. Many of you, hopefully more, recognize his, his voice. He's the, <laughs> he's the West Ham match day announcer and also the voiceover for many, many of the West Ham end of season reviews. It's Martin Godleman. Martin, how are you? Thank you for having me on, Russ. It seems like ages since we've last seen each other. It, it, well, here we are in our respective um, bedrooms. Um, well, my daughter's bedroom, but yeah. yeah your daughter's bedroom, yes. I was <laughs> say, there are some things in there that would suggest maybe it wasn't yours. But, exactly. um, but yes, yes, it's uh, these are strange times, aren't they? Very strange. They are. They are. They are indeed. How long have we been working together, Martin? You I can't remember. I, you and I have been working together. You joined after I left as PA um, announcer first time round. So you would have joined about 2008, I'm thinking. So you no, been... it's a bit earlier because I, I was before I was. I sort of came. Oh, you went left. with Jeremy. You did. Yeah, yeah. So we, we was, uh, I think it's about 2002 is when we had the. Um, the the Rio stand. Well, why does that get rid of you when when Jeremy? Who went? knows? Who knows? This is a different time. But anyway, so sorry, we've been I for a long time. Sorry, I, I'm digressing. But yes, <laughs> you, and, you and I have worked together. Interestingly enough, since um, October um, 2013, and so it's coming up for seven years. And I've actually been at the club. I first worked for the club from. Uh, August 1991. So next year it will be 30 years. And I've supported them since August 1970. So we're coming up to 50 years of going to see West Ham games. So someone who's seen a lot of West Ham, that's yeah. what I you. I don't know less, if that's good. You get less of murder these days, don't you? So yeah, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Get you out because they can't afford to keep you in the jail where you might die. Of, uh... Uh, at the moment, yeah. I mean, we. I mean, I've I've got a great picture of you and me from. I think it's the first game at the London Stadium. Simon Green took us. So if I find it, I'll whack it on. Oh, that, on I, yes, it's I, really I, funny. I think you've shown me. I think that. Is yeah, a... it's really funny. Really funny. But anyway, me and Martin worked for um, since 2000. And that's why I asked Martin, because I know he'd know, because Martin has, in my opinion, the most, um, you know, encyclopedic knowledge of West Ham. Um, often we were having our sort of pre-match meetings and we'd be interviewing a, a player uh, half time and Marty would know exactly the goal to find on YouTube. Yep, he scored his <laughs> second against Coventry in 1973. It came in the left top corner, brilliant. and so I thought it'd be really good to get Martin on. As you said, he's 50 years man and boy um, supporting West Ham. So, premise of this is really simple: is to find out about your Hammers eleven. Um, the first thing we have to do is prove your West Ham credentials. I know you've been around for 50, supporting the team for 50 years, but um, just a few questions. It'd be interesting to know your answers. Um, a bit like immigration, a bit like the sort of the UK immigration sort oh, of survey. Yeah. Just to make sure, and then we can crack on and go on to your okay. West Ham 11. Okay. So the first question we ask all of our guests is, what was your earliest West Ham memory? My earliest West Ham memory 
I mean, it became a West Ham memory. It, it didn't start off as a West Ham memory. It was my fascination with Martin Peters, sure. uh, who obviously, very sadly, we've we just lost, although at least he never had to have anything to do with this virus. Sure, yeah. um, but Martin was playing for West Ham. Uh, he joined early in the 60s um, and he got into the team just after the European Cup Winners' Cup win and was looking around that time. And... Uh, he actually played a lot of games before. He, did, he he missed out on some of the big ones, which which saddened me a little bit. But I saw him uh, playing for England, obviously, in the 1966 World Cup. I was only eight. But the thing I loved about him was this enigmatic thing. Uh, 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 he was His nickname at the club was Ghost because he used to come from nowhere. If you look at his English goal, England goals against um, West Germany in the 66 final, and in the 1970 quarterfinal in uh, Mexico, both of them are almost identical. He arrives late at the far post, just where the chance comes. You know, how often do we these days look and think, ah, oh. I mean, I was looking at the, um, uh, what was it? The, the It was the Arsenal game, the, our last game uh, before yep. all this happened, uh, where Antonio breaks down the right and um, Ala is so keen to, to be the guy laying on a plate but he forgets that key thing, which is about the timing of the run. And he overruns yeah. it and the ball goes behind him. Now, that was an absolute goal. And actually, I don't know, Antonio maybe should have shot. But um, anyway, that, that, so that's Martin Peters. He would have timed his run perfectly. He'd have slotted mm. that ball in and it would have been 1-0 to West Ham at, at um, the Emirates. But so, uh, I, so I saw him do that and um, I saw him score these goals and so yeah. I, I understood very early on as an eight-year-old I didn't know anything about football but I knew what a ghost was and I knew that someone in the side who could appear unmarked or I wouldn't have had the word unmarked obviously but that could yeah. appear out of nowhere I mean he did it yeah. he scored headers like that as well you'd think oh we've missed the chance and there he is bang yeah, 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 yeah. so he did it in defense He'd be the last man in defence, goalie beaten, and who's on the line? Peters. What are you doing here? You should be up. The you see, that's <laughs> the kind of player he was. And I, but I was only seeing him playing for England. I know mm. anything about West Ham. Now my first yeah. name is Martin, so you know what kids are like. The whole yeah. world rotates around them. So, oh, Uncle Martin, he's my player. I want him. You know, I, didn't want him. I didn't talk <laughs> yeah. like that, mate. You're right. I probably did talk like that, mate. You're right. I was so excited about things. You're excited about everything, aren't you? When you're you are, of course, you are. Remember everything. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really thought this is my player. And then, of course, the World Cup's over. Okay, we won it. Great. Well, what, what happens after? You know, Dad, what happens after? Oh, well, I'll, I'll take you to Chelsea. Does Martin Pierce play for Chelsea, Dad? No. What, what's that got to do with it? Don't want to go. I'll, I'll take you to QPR just down the road. Has Martin Pierce ever played for QPR? No. What's that got to do with it? What does Martin Pierce play for, Dad? I don't know. West Ham, I think. West Ham? Who's that? Oh, East London. Yeah, you don't want to worry about that. Of course, when your dad says you don't want to worry about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, of course, I started finding out about it. And um, it was what, you know, these da those days you'd have, uh, you'd have two or three matches at the weekend. You wouldn't yeah. have this kind of absolute saturation we have now. Mm. We can see everything. And every now and again, they would pick a West Ham game. And they tended to pick when West Ham were playing another attacking side. So we were attacking side then. Yeah. So you always see loads of goals. And that, of course, was what... Um, uh, the, 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 it wasn't called the big match then, I don't know what it was called, but the ITV version and the BBC version was match of the day. It used to be on BBC Two to start with. So we had to go down the road to my aunt's because we didn't have BBC Two. <laughs> BBC Two. But I'd go there to see it and one day, there it is, Martin Peters. And he scored. It wasn't just like I watched them. He scored a goal. Of course he scored because I know he's a great player. I really like yeah. him. So yeah. start thinking, maybe there's more to this football thing than just one player. And so I started, obviously, I'm not reading newspapers, but I'd nick my dad's paper or I talk at school about it. And every, everyone's because I, I, I was was I lived in Ealing when I was a, a kid. Yep. And um, so Chelsea and QPR were the teams why my dad wanted to take me there. And um, anyway, so I, 
I, when I actually went to my uh, senior school, my secondary school, um, I was 11. It was me and Tim Cotsford were the only, sorry, Tim, mention you by name. No, that's a bad thing for you. We were the only two West Ham fans in a year of 120. <laughs> I've got to say, I, I kind of left a little bit out, a little bit of detail there. Um, I said to Dad, can I go to West Ham, Dad? What do you want to go there for? Can we go in Chelsea play him? Oh, I don't know. And Chelsea, he was never free when Chelsea played West Ham. So that, yeah, 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 yeah. And he wouldn't let me go. That's too far, son. Can't go there. He actually was a was a a dad from the future. Because you know, in those days, you know, if you were six and you wanted to go to football, dad would go, "Yeah, all right, here's the money, go." On. Mm. But, but I was like eight, nine, ten, eleven, and it, yeah. And dad said, "Right," because my dad was very one for targets, and he said, "When you go to big school, secondary school." You can go to football. You can go and see him. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward. And he told me this in January. So I got, it's like telling Sam Allardyce he's sacked in January. The team don't play for him then up until May, do they? So that, that's a little hint of something later. But um, so I, I knew I could. I was so excited about it. And West Ham played Spurs on the telly on the big match and beat them 2-0. I remember this. Martin Pierce scored. A, it might have been Jeff Hurst scored the other one. I'm so looking forward to this. The new fixture list came out and, and somehow I missed a story and you'll know what that story is. <laughs> and uh, because, you know, when you're, when you, I mean, kids these days, they know everything because they got their, the yeah, 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 yeah. but in those days you didn't have the same saturation of information. Mm. So I somehow missed a very important event, which I'm sure you know, if you know US Amy, around about March, uh, 1970. Anyway, my mate was a Spurs fan and the first game of the season is Spurs v West Ham. This is the first game I can go to, my first West Ham game. So I'm so excited about it. And also excited because I'm going with my mate. My dad was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my mate lived in Ealing, so he, he obviously felt a little bit happier that two of us were going. Anyway, we get there, and um, I'm so looking forward to seeing Martin Peters. And my, <laughs> my mate said, why would you want to go to see Martin Peters? And I said, well, he's the He's ghost. My Peters. Alf Ramsey said he's a player <laughs> 10 years ahead of his time. And my mate broke it gently to me. He said, he plays, you know he plays for Spurs, don't you? And I said, shut up, or, or the words to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went, no, he, he plays. Nick Gibbs was my mate name. Well done, Nick. Hope you're there. Uh, and I said, I, I wouldn't believe him. We bought the programme, yeah. opened the programme. There he is, playing for Spurs. <laughs> How have I missed that story? This is my favourite. See, I must have just missed him on the telly or something. I don't know yeah. what. Anyway, so I got to see my favourite player, but he's playing for Spurs. So then on the way yeah. home, we're on the train, and um, my mate says, so, so you're a Spurs fan, are you? And here comes the moment, the moment that everybody has. Team or player? In fact, yes. not everyone do that. They normally just come straight to the team. But for me, I came to football through this one player. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've got to let you go, mine. I don't want to. You're still the greatest player, I think. But it's got to be the team. Especially as West Ham had played uh, really well that day. And guess yeah. who debuted? T well, no, he hadn't debuted for them. But it was the first time he played against his old side. Jimmy Greaves. And he scored. So I, I thought Jimmy Greaves was like a, a decent second second yeah, five. Second string. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was that was how that was how I became a West Ham fan. And after that, of course. Yeah. There's no looking back. And it does, you know, people I I remember a guy at school who was a Watford fan and he changed to QPR. And everybody lost respect for him after that. Because <laughs> what however rubbish your team is, that's your team. You yeah. don't change. And I've never, you know, one, one guy, one guy, when Twitter started, started this rant, I don't know if it was Twitter, but it, but it was early in the, uh, the days of, of um, mobiles, started this rant against me. He's really a Chelsea fan. I'd gone on to Chelsea, the Chelsea website and had to join so I could get my dad a ticket. My dad, was like, he only, had, only lived for another two years, so I'm glad I didn't get too wound up about it. So I was a member of the Chelsea whatever it is you have to do to get tickets. Yeah. This guy has found me on the web, on the, on the internet. And he started this campaign, how it works. And this was, this is actually pre-Twitter. It must've been 
2003, 2004. But he just, whatever the way of getting stuff out there was, he started saying, what kind of, you know, he's got, don't, you know, he's an, he's an idiot. He's a, he's a Chelsea fan. So I did finally get my, my moment when I very politely told him that my dad, who had since died, I kind of, yeah. sorry, using your death as bonus points for me, he wouldn't have minded if he'd laughed. Um, I said, I bought it for my dad, who I wanted to take, and actually it was the last game we went to. I lied, actually. I took him to West Ham after that, but it was the last Chelsea game I went to. Yeah, it's a bit and of a mic drop moment. He didn't apologise, he just disappeared and stopped. Yeah. Agro, but there you yeah, are. Well, anyway, I that's know. why I came to West Ham. Yeah, that's great. No, I, I think I think we'll I think we'll we'll, we'll put you through the we'll put you through I've immigration. Got, I think you're okay, Martin. This is not prepared. <laughs> I, I keep it on my desk, actually. That is the yeah. game. Tottenham mm. Hotspur versus West Ham United, Saturday the fifteenth of August, nineteen seventy. And let me show you the moment that I must have seen that. My mate must have gone, Martin Pinky. <laughs> so there you are. A bit of illustration for you there. Very good. Okay, don't. Right, you're through. You're through, Martin. You're, 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 you're a West Ham aficionado. I, there was no doubt, but it was really interesting to know how it all, how it all started for you. Because obviously everyone has their different stories, don't they, of how they come into falling in love with their club. Right, okay, let's crack on with your 11. Now, you're the, the only there's three rules. One is 4-4-2. No fancy Dan, you know, wing back formations, four four two. The second uh, rule is you must have been alive to see them play. So obviously for me, I couldn't put in Bobby or Martin Peters because I wasn't alive. I could put in Samasi Abu and Titi Kamara, but not uh, not not Bobby and Martin, for example. And the last rule is it doesn't have to be your best eleven. It could be your favourite eleven. Eleven players that had a special place in your heart, who might not have been the best players on the pitch, but they were special to you. So I can put Alan, Alan McKnight in goal then, can I? You can, <laughs> what? You can do whatever you want with Alan. It's up to you. <laughs> so we'll, Love you, we'll Alan, start. By the way. So let's start. Come on then, Martin. Who we got between the sticks for the Godwin oh, 11? Do you know what, Russ? Right up until this morning, because Russ told me about this, I had, I had a, a while to prepare. Right up until this morning, um, uh, I had Lucas Fabianski in between mm-hmm. the uh, sticks. And I knew what the issue was. It's going to be Fabianski or Parksy. And in the end, I'm sorry, Fabs. I mean, you t- and it's not because of the two goals at Anfield. Nothing to do with that at all. <laughs> I think Fabianski, I'm pretty sure, I mean, uh, modern fans will correct me. I don't recall him making an error of that magnitude in any other game. I think he was incredibly unlucky to have made two mistakes like that in one game. I want to yeah. talk about Fabianski a little bit because he was... He's my second choice, and he's really close. I also felt, in this weird way you do when you sit down to do things like this, yeah. I've got to have a, a modern-day player. Otherwise, they'll think, oh, he's always talking about the old days. And, of yeah, course, yeah. he's so much fitter. And then in the end, I, got your, I thought about your brief again, and I thought, no. And I'm sorry, Fabianski is possibly, technically, the best goalkeeper we've ever had. But how can you leave Parksy out? For goodness sake. I mean, I've had the great pleasure many times to meet Phil Parks. And he is such a nice guy. I worked with him on a QPR DVD I did for the 75-76 season. This is a guy who played, if you think about it broadly, I'm not talking about Walsall or Ipswich, which I know you played for as well. But he played for West Ham United and QPR. Both of their best ever seasons, QPR 75-76, West Ham 85-86, their best league seasons, he was the man in goal. Coincidence? I don't think so. He left QPR, my mate who's a QPR fan always tells me this, and the following season QPR had their worst defensive uh, number of goals they conceded um, for something like 15 years, and West Ham had their best. So, the, you know, the stats keep on coming. Yeah. Uh, it commanded his area, very confident. You know, that you would, you'd never get... Um, George Best uh, might have done it if he'd been around, but that, they were different eras. 
but you never you never got a, a striker hanging around him when he got the ball. Mm-hmm. The striker just ran up the said, I'm not going to take this guy on. Massive, great guy, um, and uh, a, a lovely guy, and a guy who everybody, everybody um, who I've ever met, every West Ham United player yeah. of, of that era will pick. Parksy, and we'll talk about him, and we'll talk about say you just talk to Tony Cotty about Parksy, and he'll sit there all day talking yeah. about Hank. And the game they always talk about is the West Brom game, which I think was the third round of of the the FA Cup in I don't know if it's the seventy five or it's got to be the the uh, eighty one, hasn't it? Um, we drew one all, and I think it was Tony Cotty who told me I, I didn't see the game that we got absolutely. Caned, and and the only reason we didn't lose that game was Phil Parks. Now, as yeah. you know, we won the FA Cup that year. Now, that was the very, very first game we played in that competition. The competition we won, we're the last side outside of the top league to win the FA Cup. Still, that's a fantastic record. It is, yeah, it is. Uh, I don't think people realise that. I mean, we're talking forty years. That is, yeah. God, poor West Ham fans. So, so and Parksy that that season. Uh, was just and and actually all that time later when he was playing in eighty five eighty six no wonder we were such a great side because mm. there's that thing about fear we, uh, West Ham United have had it with no disrespect to anyone here this season we've had issues with the goalkeeper uh, uh, Rob Pritchard and I were talking about did we know another season ever where four different goalkeepers had started games for West Ham in the same season. Of course, Pritchard managed to think of one when five did, but that's, he's even more stale than I am. But, but um, this season, more than any other season, should concentrate people's brains on why somebody like Phil Parks was apt. He was there, yeah. and you didn't have to worry about the goalkeeper. And he mm. was tall, he was agile, he was powerful. He knew when to come off his line. He knew when to stay on the line for crosses. He was a brilliant, Bostic hat. Yeah. Oh, Bostic, by the way, was an old yeah. um, adhesive company. I don't know if it exists <laughs> anymore. Um, he would, and he'd have, he'd have his Phil Parks gloves, which he made a few bob out of, I dare say. And, and so he would. Anyone think, oh, Phil Parks wears those. I'll buy a pair of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, just wonderful goalkeeper. And... Um, yeah, not too many mistakes in his no. career. I, 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 Phil Parks will tell you what his mistakes were. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. I did that, and he said, "Shut up, Parksy. You know, <laughs> you know, you're worth so much more." And um, yeah. and also a commanding presence in the area. Um, the first of the really tall goalkeepers, I think, really, as you think of him. Yeah, good point. Um, although, interestingly enough, there was another Phil Parks who played for Wolves. Not as a good a goalkeeper, but not a bad one, who was also very tall and also had this mullet. What is it about? <laughs> Phil Parks and the mullet. Oh, anyway, bless him. Yeah, so, so Parks Parks is in. But I would have picked Fabianski if, if you were going like absolute. I mean, Fabianski playing in a not great team, no disrespect. Look at look at him how he kept Swansea up. Yeah, exactly. A one man team. Yeah. Um, Parksy right. nearly always, pretty much always, played in good West Ham sides, mm-hmm. and that's important to remember because would he have been as great a goalkeeper in a side that wasn't so good? Or yeah, the focus maybe would have been more on him. But he always mm-hmm. played in a good side, and I think that, that that's an important thing to say. But notwithstanding that, Parks head and shoulders. Okay, Parks is in. Potts has got the one jersey. Right, okay. So, who we got for left-back? For left-back, not even a a, a doubt about this one. Frank Lampard, I don't really want to call him Frank Lampard Senior and Junior, but Frank Lampard, um, Frank, who never had a nose job, and I think, good for him. I mean, let's face it, there's a lot of people whose noses have defined their careers, like Serge Gansburg, for example, who's got a nose that kind of goes out almost yeah. like on a head shape ahead of it. Frank's wasn't that bad, but uh, um, yeah, he was, it, it's funny seeing him clean shaven because you think, I looked at some of the early pictures of him, clean shaven and actually quite short hair. He, 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 the minute long hair came out, he didn't look back. It was always long hair yeah. and, um, and, his, and his beard. There was one team uh, 
and this there's there's a Ray Winston story about Bill Green, Billy Bonds, Frank Lampard, four of them there, all with these heavy beards. And you had Graham Padden as well. And he said they were like Vikings. They'd run out of defence, like, charge! And um, that's... So you think of Frank Lampard like that. But um, I think of him in the... In a game we needed to win against Manchester United would have been to stay up. Would have probably been 70s. And he hit this... He hit this shot from 35 yards. And as he hit it, you're in goal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the keeper's like, yeah, OK. Yeah, it's going in. I'm not, I'm not getting my shorts day for that. So, yeah, the power of the shot, fantastic. And he did a ball out of nothing. He did, he did them that would curl away, that would curl in. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very close to Bonds. He had this thing with Bonds, and it was like Bonds had another version of himself over on that side. Because, of course, Bond started out as a right-back, one has to remember. Moved later on into centre defence, then he went into midfield. So, Bond's, Lampard fashioned in, in Bond's image, Bond's in Lampard's, and I'm not quite sure which one came first. But um, Lampard and West Ham through and through and through and through. Um, and, yeah, he, and kind of did the assistant manager thing with... Harry and that Harry Redknapp, when Harry wasn't there, Frank took over. So, you know, one has to say he's done the management thing uh, in a kind of assistant role. I, I yep. call that, you, you'll see why that's important later on. Um, and yeah, crunching tackles. And you just saw, I mean, Bonzo was pretty crunching, but yeah, yeah. Lampard, no prisoners, okay. no prisoners. So, and and uh, so, so the, the speed, control, anticipation, um, can see him as well. You get that picture of Bobby Moore on the on the post later on when uh, Moore left. You think of Lampard on the post with his hand there. Of course, the famous story that his son always talks about, where he's, he he scores with the lowest header, and he was perhaps six inches off the ground when he headed it uh, to get us through the semi-finals at, um, against Everton in 1980. And he does that little run around the, uh, around the post. flag. Corner flag, yeah. yeah. Okay, nice. Okay, Frank's in. All right, so Frank Lampard, senior. Uh, the left, who are we going to have on the right-back position there, Martin? Is there any doubt? If Fonso had spent the whole of his career at right-back, then he would have walked it. But, of course, he yeah. moved. And in came, eventually, the Tonk. Tonka, race Tonka. Um, Greatest penalty taker. Ever for West Ham, with mm. all respect to Mark Noble, who, who has a fantastic um, uh, goal-to-shot ratio for his penalties, I know. But Ray Stewart, I mean, so Jeff Hurst, but Jeff Hurst just, just hit it straight down the middle. Bang! Yeah. The keeper's trying to get out of the way. But, um, yeah, Ray Stewart, again, uh, no-nonsense player. Yeah. Um, uh, and also elegant an elegant player. He wasn't a thug. He was a a, a, a real... A, 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 you think, oh, that can that work with the Scotsman? He was a gentleman, and he looked the part. Um, you know, when you see the guy in a suit, he's just, yeah. you know, he's just a proper bloke. Yeah, nice guy. Uh, fantastic. And again, scored some great goals. Most of them were penalties, but he did score a few long shots, and I think a couple from corners. Um Again, there's always a memory per player, isn't there? And Stewart's mm-hmm. one, you know, that's going to be the quarterfinal against yeah. Aston Villa, where we get this pe- this slightly dodgy pen, although I, I, I would give it a pen. I'm sure VAR would have done. And he's got to take this pen. And, and there's not going to be much left of the game after. So what pressure on? What absolute pressure on this guy? Bang! Why did anyone doubt him? Uh, but he did he he has spoken about it and i i know he said he said the worst thing was knowing uh, you need to catch in the sight of people in the out of the corner of his eye who weren't looking that's really you don't want to see that um but he managed that single-minded thing and uh great penalty taker so and also great uh, imagine frank lampard and ray stewart wow God, yeah it's very <laughs> you wouldn't want to be a winger and then going through and coming up with phil parks after that right okay so we got around the right back okay who we've got are your sense who are your colossals in defense martin who are your two center backs um for his role in the 85 86 side for um 
his hat-trick against Newcastle in 1986, I think it was, early 86. And for the fact that I think he's probably the nicest bloke I've ever met who played for West Ham, Alvin Martin. What, again, another gentleman, kind, um, lovely man, and yet no nonsense. (laughs) You didn't get much change out of him in a challenge. Brilliant in the air. Uh, Timing of the jump. You'd see him go up for uh, with some of those thugs that you had in the 80s. He'll go up with them and you'd think, oh, he's going to get a bruising. Very yeah. few people got the better of him. He'd get, they just get to the, the and the other thing he did, that thing that, <laughs> that players do sometimes, when they go up and duck their head at the last minute, so the other guy gets it in the face. And he yeah, runs. Yeah, yeah. These little clever tricks that I think were born out of the 80s, although people will tell you that they were done before that. But yeah, yeah. Um, Scored a few goals um, yep. and scored this m- marvellous hat-trick against three different keepers. Everyone knows that Ooh, story. Yeah. Um, but also it was nice to see him uh, this season when his son played at Chelsea and see the two mm. of them. Yeah, lovely. Back. And, you know, there was not a dry eye in that stadium. Yeah, it, was lovely, really. that. it was lovely. And and I've met his son who, who adores him and who wouldn't. Imagine mm. having that guy as a dad. Um, he's a great bloke himself. David, but this what a what a lovely man, tall and 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 a great captain. Very important to remember that. Mm. Billy Bonds did not play a single game in the eighty-five eighty-six season. Martin really had to step up, and he did. He stepped up, and um, he, he was um, for, he carried that for the whole of the season. Didn't have someone like Bonds behind him. Nah. he was the leader, and and he didn't. He carried it off. We were so close. To win in that season, you know, some fabulous performances. But yeah, Alvin Martin. And who's your other? Who's, who's your partner in the centre backs? I wonder who the other one will be. <laughs> there are probably West Ham fans out there with guns going, you better get this right. Well, of yes. course, it's got to be Mora, Bobby Moore. Um, yeah. yeah. It seems whatever I'm going to say is going to be a cliche because it's been said a hundred times before. Um, there's a, there's, um, there's a lovely game West Ham play. They beat Spurs 2-0. Um, Bobby Moore picks the ball up in defence. I love this thing that people just stood aside for him. And later in his career, they didn't. But he hit this pass. You know, it's the passes as much as anything. Mm. That Trevor Brooking then takes, cuts inside and scores. It's one of my favourite West Ham goals, actually. I mean, 72, 73. We won the game 2-0 anyway, so people can see that one. It's worth looking up on YouTube. Um and so many goals, so much West Ham action from that time. You know where they cut the goal? They've obviously got to start with a little bit before. Oh, he starts with Moro in defence with the ball because it's his pass that starts the move that makes the goal. How many goals? You, the yeah. thing is, you don't get an assist if it's your pass that starts the move, unless your pass gets straight to the striker. I'd give the assist to the piece of skill that created the opening, which isn't always the pass. That's, that's a little bit of controversy, but it was a nice idea. And Moro, oh God, it was like, I mean, in many ways, it's a bit unfair to him because he just was the bloke. There was nobody to challenge him. So you almost didn't think about him. I knew, I mean, that was the excitement. I didn't mention that earlier with Martin Peters, but when I found out that Bobby Moore played for West Ham, and Jeff Hurst played for West Ham. Because, again, as a, as a young kid, you don't necessarily get these things. No, no, so no. That, that kind of also tipped the balance a little bit. Um, and I was very, very lucky, very lucky to see um, Bobby Moore play for West Ham for five seasons. OK, the latter part of his career. But mm. there was something about... I mean, I, I, it is a mystery to me um, why uh, we didn't win more with those three players. Brian Deer <laughs> says that it's because they got picked every week, so they didn't have to fight for their place. And I said to him, well, yeah, maybe, but this is, we're talking about Mike Deer, Jeff Hurston, and yeah. Strong Green were going to do drop them just because it might be a good idea. Um, I say that. I think Moore was dropped after the Blackpool FA Cup game. This is what I mean, what you were saying earlier about these facts coming into your head. Yeah, they, oh. this, is why, this is why Martin's on the channel, because a lot of this, a lot of people have not remembered or not even known, so it's always great. They weren't even born then, but Greenwood did drop Moore because of the Blackpool um, 
Yeah. Nightclub fiasco. And the worst thing about that was that Clyde Best got dropped and he only drank orange juice. He didn't even he didn't even have a drink, um, but he still got dropped because he'd gone out with them, which was so unfair. Um, but yeah, but uh, Bobby Moore, I did have the, the absolute and utter privilege of working at West Ham for one year when he was there. Yeah. He worked for Capital Gold and Jonathan Pierce was the commentator and Bobby Moore was um, was his, his yeah was yeah, the, the what do they call it the the ex pro wasn't he he was like the, 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 yeah but they they the summarizer they yeah. they summarizers oh. um, and of course you know you turn around and say well well Bob the guy the guy whatever he says if he says you know you got a bit of porridge on your beard there Jonathan um, it would be wow do you know Bobby Moss but um, yeah he, uh, it, it was an utter uh, shame that he was ignored by so many people such as, uh, in the latter years of his life when mm. this one of the greatest footballers that ever walked the earth um very modest man i again i i you know i maybe got him a cup of tea or he got me a cup of tea a couple of times because you're all in this very small press room nothing like the yeah. one they have, they have um today the one at upton park um and a, a thoroughly nice, decent bloke with no side to him at all. Just a decent bloke. So it, the full, the full packet. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby Moore makes up. So we yep. got, we got Ray Stewart, Alvin Martin, yep. Bobby Moore, Frank Lampard. Uh, who's going to argue with that? Back? Exactly. That's quite a strong oh. pack four and five with Parksy. Behind you. Oh God, Christ! I'd be sorry. I was playing up front. Okay, right. Let's go to your midfield then. Let's go to your left wing then, Martin. Who have we got on the left wing? The goal in 11. Again, not a massive surprise here. Um, uh, I grew up in Ealing, so did he. Um, Alan Devonshire, yeah. who West Ham bought from Southall for £5,000. Now, I've got to say, a bloke gave me a quote for doing two rooms, uh, two walls in a room for £5,000 <laughs> this week. I was just thinking about that. So you could get two walls done for that. That's all you can get. These days, I have to say that I thought it was a bit of a ludicrous quote. <laughs> I've since got it done for a grand, by the way. It's better, yeah. Uh, which is a lot better. Is including rendering and all that other thing. Didn't think you were going to hear about that. Didn't hear the word rendering or damp proofing was going to come exactly. up. But uh, yeah, Devs um, signed in '76, five thousand um, pounds, and he's got a fantastic middle name. Do you know Alan Devonshire's middle name? Nope. Ernest. Ernest. Because that's what he is. Yeah. That's him all over. And he was given that in his first few months of his life. <laughs> do you know what Jermaine Defoe's middle name is? Oh, I didn't remember. Go on, you tell me mine, you'll know. Colin. Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jermaine. A lot of respect for the guy. Jermaine Defoe, OBE, one has to say. Uh, but yeah, Colin. Colin. I was going to say, what's your middle name, Russ? But I won't. That's for you and, and, and your <laughs> God. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I lived in Ealing. So, I, I, Alan yeah. Devonshire, when he talks about his youth, I kind of connect with him on that. But this guy, he would take the ball past players like they weren't there. Mm. You want to go on YouTube and see his goal um, in the semi final. It's actually the same game where Frank Lampard scores the goal three inches off the ground. Yep. Devs takes this ball and he, he it's a, it's the change of pace and doing something unexpected and also doing the bleeding obvious, which a lot of players don't do at the key time. Sometimes the obvious thing is the one thing they're not expecting. Very true. Very, very true yeah. It was about him. He seemed to be able to anticipate what to do in a situation. And the only thing that sickens me, and everyone will know I'm talking about who knows Alec Devonshire, is is Get him getting injured. I mean, I mean, okay, Andy Carroll. Well, you know, that's another story and injuries and um, <clears throat> all the other people we've had. But but it it actually was a crime against humanity that Alan Devonshire did not play subsequent seasons because this was one of the greatest players ever. And the only reason, uh, I mean, played for England. It was an absolute shoe in when he was fit. Um, mm. And we haven't had many players who are that good. Uh, but yeah, acceleration, the unpredictability. He had a shot on him. Look at the goal he scores against Chelsea in nine in eight nineteen eighty. It must have been eighty six when we win four 0 at Stamford Bridge. Pretty sure that's him. A thumping goal. Um, yes, it is. Why am I doubting myself here? Why are you doubting yourself, Martin? 
Um, yeah, yes. So Premier League could do it from distance and also... Yeah. He was a goal maker, but he was also a goal scorer. And if you if, if your goal maker can score as well, my goodness me, absolutely. Um, so yeah, Deb's uh, uh, you know wonderful, fabulous player. And of course, in the eighty five eighty six season, oh, he did some things. And we had Alan Dickens as well. Then who was another great, great mm. midfielder. Didn't have very many good. Uh, I've seen many good seasons. He didn't have many seasons. Alan Dickens, but also a fabulous player. But um, Alan Devonshire, wonderful. What a what a buy, eh? From but also everyone everyone speaks i mean you know you interview the players at half time and everyone always speaks so highly of dev um and it's been picked up on a few videos and when when someone does that same with same with ray stewart everyone speaks so highly of ray stewart and stuff in parksy you know it, there's a reason why these players are, uh, uh you know the fans are adored them because the players themselves adored them and and obviously dev you know as you said everyone speaks so highly of him to a man when you when you interview and particularly 86 boys okay dev's on the left okay who we got on the right wing then um i might get uh, a kick in for this one uh okay. i know that west ham fans may not be keen about this but i'm picking frank lampard jr and i'm Good picking day. him because of his whole career which also might not be right because he was an emerging star uh before he left to go to chelsea yep. and i know he's a pet hate uh, for West Ham fans. And I have to say, I was one of the ones cheering when he got sent off playing for Chelsea against West Ham. You may remember that game. I think the red card was rescinded later on. I'm not sure yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was. But it was one of the loudest cheers I've ever heard at West Ham. was Lamb's <laughs> game sent off. And of course, there I was cheering as well. But um, he was part of that side that should have won something the 98 99 2000 side he was part of that team that beat bradford 5-4 which remains one of it is my favorite west ham game and i know people go surely the untracked frankfurt but no no that 5-4 game because i was lucky enough to be behind the mic and i and and also sky used my commentary so i must have got something right they didn't get it revoiced and that's the only game ever they stuck <laughs> my commentary but yeah frank lampard him arguing with paolo di, pa di canio over who's oh, going to yeah. take him. hilarious i mean who picks a fight with di canio but he was just raw talent and yeah. a, a famous west ham uh evening meal where lampard and um i can't remember who else was there uh, harry redknapp and Peter Story was probably there. He was at most of those. I don't know if he was around then. He might have gone. Um, but uh, um, somebody in the in the crowd you know, said, hey, Harry, why do you keep picking Lampard? You know, blah, blah, blah. and I think Lampard's there actually sitting yeah. there. I remember remembering that wrong. But I think he, the guy obviously had some, some um, uh, shirt to, to, to do that. And um, Harry Redknapp leaned forward and said, I'm going to say something to you now, and it's not just because he's here. This boy will go straight to the top, right to the mm. top, I promise. And there was a sort of feeling in the room like, wow, that's a big thing to say. Yeah, um, and I think he's also his nephew. I don't know if there's, there's some yeah. kind of... And people naturally, people being people, think there's a bit of nepotism going on here. Mm. But even if there was, if there's a thing that um, got in there, Fantastic, wonderful, wonderful player. A, a shot on him like you wouldn't believe. Much more so at West Ham. At Chelsea, he tended to see himself more as a creator, although mm. he eclipsed. I think he ended up scoring more goals than Bobby Tambling, which is something. Um, but a, a wonderful player. And, and you have to, you don't want to get Paul Ince about it, um, but I understand why by um, fans feel the way they do uh, about him. But then that was a lot to do with how his dad, how he saw his dad as having been treated by West Ham. So I think it, it's not a straightforward, and whether or not he's right, that's another story. But Frank Lampard Jr., as he threw off in his second season, that was a good decision. Um, you know, you ask kids today, Frank Lampard, even West Ham fans, will think Frank Lampard, Chelsea. And that's sad for me, because Frank yeah. Lampard, dad. But I love the idea also of the two of them in the same side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, dear. Yeah, Frank brilliant. Lampard, my man there. No problem. The and then who we got in the centre midfield player positions then, Martin? You know who these two are going to be, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll keep you getting <laughs> for one of them. Uh, the guy on the right of the centre of, of the midfield is Billy Bonds. 
um, John Lyle's genius, utter genius at moving him from, he saw something in Bonzo um, that was beyond that. He'd seen talent, had done the right back mm. thing, and he was up and down the wing, blah, 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 like a second right winger, like Mikel Antonio was under Sadden Village, playing, you got two performances out of the same player. Uh, but then he obviously thought he could get more out of Bonzo if he moved him out of defence, so he could be in a position to attack, but also to to go down, make crosses. Good crosser of the ball, Billy Bonds. But my goodness me, he had a shot on him. On the volley as well. You know, that when he hit them, they stay hit. There's some lovely goals. Thankfully, even at those, those days, you only got three matches uh, every weekend. When Bonzo was playing... They often used to come to, to Upton Park because they knew he was good, you know, one out of three, one out of four games. Yeah, get one, one of those buttes. He was a very high-scoring midfield player. He was also a fantastic defender, captain, and uh, guardian of the team. Uh, West Ham had a very light, um, skimpy kind of uh, player, 17-year-old Johnny Ayres in the early 70s. And um, I don't know who we were playing, but somebody put Eris into the uh, chicken run with one of these scything tackles. And um, <laughs> you know what's coming next? It was not even 60 seconds. Bonds goes up to him, and I don't know what he did. It, was, it looked like the slightest contact, but the guy was out for nearly two minutes. Not unconscious, but he was just like, you know. Damn. And Bonds was just like, on that. This was Bonds that, uh, in, in the early days of midfield and defence. So he looked after his players. And so mm. the poor old opponents, they didn't just have to worry about him. They had to worry about what happened if they cropped any of the West Ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now you've got two people coming at you. You know, I'm not enc- encouraging thuggery. I mean, he was, an, he was an elegant thug, if you like. I don't, know, I don't know if you'd like that description. But he was also, he was a class player. And mm. actually... My favourite West Ham player of all time. And I know a lot of people say Bobby Moore. When I finally had the chance to meet him and he was there, like where you are, I couldn't, I couldn't talk to him. And Tony Cotty was there at the time. And he said, come on, come on, me, come and talk to him. I said, I can't, Tony. I can't. I'm sorry. And he said, what? I can't. I can't talk to him. I, I don't want, I can't talk to him. So that, that is a true story. I guess he's such a top bloke. Yeah. Um, I've shaken his hand. I've sh- shaken. I shook his hand, and that was something. I mean, he for me, what a what a fan yeah. Player. He's your goat. He's your greatest of all time. <laughs> hey, cool. Just very quickly, his, right. he, everyone will know this is his his greatest game. Which I, I it was one. It was the I think it was the only time I ever went on the South Bank. Um, uh, uh, um, Bonzo scored a perfect hat trick. His only hat trick for West Ham. Left foot, right foot, header. Mm. They were the only goals in the game as well. How many players do that in their career? It's like Damien Rice on the last um, game he played as a teenager against Arsenal, scores the winning goal, 1-0. I've got a picture of him coming off the, um, uh, off the pitch. Uh, uh, and that's one of my favourite pictures. In fact, don't go away. Oh, we're even getting it. <laughs> yeah. The only reason to mind, we're getting a, a photo. All right. That's um, all right. right. I think it's next door. <laughs> here we go here we go he's coming Not only do we get martin thoughts we get his photo collection as well it's all part and parcel of the uh of the godiman experience yeah i've got two well, that's just <laughs> Sorry, I, I beg your pardon you can cut this bit out afterwards i'm sure you can no we'll keep this in it's fun it's fun it's we're raw we're unedited there he is. All fun of games. There's, there he is. God bless him. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Sorry, did I call him Damien? Jeez. Yeah, I, I knew I you meant that. I used to have a student called Damien Rice. It's a nightmare. And when you've been a teacher, yeah. you, get these, you get the... Uh, yeah, Declan, of course. Lovely picture. There he is. And that's him. You can see a little bubble in his... Um, just coming up in his, his face as he's going off the pitch. Oh, bless him. That was that. That was that game. I will put it back. I'll get in trouble if I don't hang it back in the right place. <laughs> so we're finding out all about Martin's uh, yeah, Martin's sorry. household household <laughs> decoration as well. Sorry. So don't be silly. Right. So who we got? So we got Bonzi and who we got else in the centre? Russ, I know you got to go out this evening, so I'm apologising at the length of it. So 
so far. Um, uh, the other one, of course, is is Trev, Trevor Brooking, yeah. Sir Trevor Brooking. Um, uh, yeah, elegance. His, his nickname amongst the West <laughs> West Ham um, lot were, was Hadley because uh, uh, Gerald Harper played this very posh. Um, uh, I don't know what he did, whether he was a, a horse owner or something, but he got into scrapes and all that, and that was the that was the program of the time. So. Uh, Trev's nickname was Hadley amongst that. I'm, I'm not. Uh, he he didn't care, but um, and he doesn't actually. He's a very um, uh, he's a sort of taciturn bloke. He'll, he'll talk if you ask him, yeah. but he's not. He's not an in-your-face man. He's a he's mm. a, a gentleman. I, I think you'd say. Um, and of course, caretaker managed West Ham. Yeah. And if you you look, if you think that man lacks passion, you don't see him shouting and screaming. You look at him in that game, Manchester City, uh, where we won at Man City, 1-0. Canute scored the goal, and he's caretaker manager after what happened to Glenn Roda. And some of the photos taken of yeah, Trevor yeah. Brooking in the dugout. Really? Uh, and, and this man lived and breathed, lives and breathes West, West Ham. One, wonderful. And... and, and such a gentleman but he, he had this ability he didn't seem to have any pace and yet he he just walked past players oh, past okay. them, yeah and people often said that him and alan devonshire were a perfect pair because they both had this ability to sometimes play the obvious thing mm -hmm. but to know when not to and he would position his body in a certain way to get to a ball there's one goal he scores where he's almost lying on the ground when he gets it because he really has to stretch for it. A lot of players would have just let that one go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some great goals and great performances in our Cup Winners' Cup run of 75-76 that got us to the final where we lost to Anderlecht. But he was absolutely fantastic. I like, um, uh, I like it. That's, again, a strong midfield. Yeah. <laughs> That's very strong. Right, OK, let's crack on it and go for your... Your goal machines up front, Martin. Who have we got? Who have we got as your two strikers? Well, this is this is hard. This is really yeah. hard um, because the strikers score the goals, don't they? And uh, without wishing to say something too obvious, <laughs> um, and over the years, West Ham have had some great uh, goal scorers. Brian Pop Robson was one of my favourites. Mm. Uh, who younger kids maybe don't know, but check him out in the early 70s. He had two, he had the unluckiest striker for West Ham ever. He left just before we won the FA Cup in 75. He came back, played again in the second thing, and then he left just before we won it in 80. So he missed two FA Cup winning uh, season medals, um, but scored loads and loads of goals and, and a great, a great uh, goal scorer in the six yard box, scored good goals from distance. So I would consider Pot Robson to be unlucky because I know you said it doesn't necessarily have to be technically. No. It's a, such a lovely and, and again a, a, a lovely man and a, a nice a nice guy. Um, I'm thinking of the other ones. Uh, uh, Tony Cotty, how he didn't make these last two, I don't know. 146 goals. That's a lot of goals. Uh, will we ever have another player scores that many? He's the last great goal scorer, I would say. For West Ham, mm. there, there, there's no good, nobody like him. But he's been beaten by two players purely because of that thing that you said about um, you got to pick somebody who, who's like your favourite. And um, and these really come up <clears throat> one with me working for West Ham and one with me as a as a kid. Okay. The first okay. first game I went to Upton Park was the game after that Spurs game where West Ham played Chelsea. It was also two two. And I saw Jeff Hurst, and, and for me, it was like a film star, like seeing a film star. There he was, and he was just almost in touching distance. And because um, as a kid, you know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even when you and an old get like me, it's still special. But um, yes. Jeff Hurst, I mean, this guy scored something that nobody else has done yet, yet. Three goals um, in a, a, a World Cup final. And six goals in a league game. And uh, they all say, look, you, you did it with all different parts. But he punched the first one in against Sunderland in 68. He says that, by the way, so I'm not being nasty. Um, a, a goal scorer. He scored almost one goal every other game. Wow. And I think he's possibly the last striker 
who did that. Brian Clough was all Brian Clough, Jimmy Greaves, great goals. Mm. These people are, are one-offs. Um, and if Brian Clough hadn't broken his leg, he played for Middlesbrough, I think, <clears throat> he would possibly have been the greatest goal scorer of all time. But it, it, when you see Greaves, you know that, I mean, Hurst wasn't Jimmy Greaves, a different kind of player. Uh, and uh, at this thing, when he hit the ball, he puffed his cheeks out. Um, uh, and he's another one like Bobby Moore who didn't really get, I mean, he's getting it now, but he didn't get the the accolades and the yeah. um, the, the, the the right comments from, from people that uh, he should have done. Um, really a, a, a fantastic player, a wonderful player. Um, <clears throat> I remember his penalty kicks, which, as I said, I think earlier, he didn't just hit them straight down the middle. He just hit them as hard as he could. And that was yeah. what he said, what's your technique? Uh, the semi-final against Stoke, um, we've won 3-2 at Stoke. Uh, and at Upton Park, we think we get, we're in the final. We're going to Wembley. Uh, John Ritchie scored a goal for Stoke early in the game. And um, right towards the end of the game, Harry Redknapp goes down the right, gets fouled, we get a penalty. Well, Hurst puts this in, it's one all, we're at Wembley. But who's in goal for Stoke? Gordon Banks. <laughs> so you've got one of our World Cup winning team taking the penalty, the other one in goal. Sticks, yeah. and, uh, you know, even young kids will probably be familiar with the bank save from Pele in, in 1970 yeah. in the Mexico World Cup. You can see it on YouTube if you haven't seen it already. But this, for me, is every bit as good. Uh, Hurst hits the ball as hard as he can hit, hit it, kind of in the middle of the goal, but really with power. And you think uh, this, I don't know if they can, if they've got some way of measuring the speed of these things, but he must have hit the ball as powerfully as anyone. Mm. Bank somehow not only gets to the ball, because it's one thing to get to it. You know, you see goalies, it goes through them, like um, uh, Gary Neville calls it the, the poppadom hand, which I think is brilliant. <laughs> but the ball goes through, through um, uh, the keeper. But this time, Banks did the same thing he did against Pelé. Because when Pelé heads this ball down across from Jerzino, Banks kind of scoops it yeah. up and hits the top. top. Yeah, yeah. He did exactly the same with this Hurst thing. Hurst thing's going down. He he gets down and kind of scrambles it. And we were watching. I was behind the goal, so there's no one who knows this better than me. Yeah. I was, and you think you wanted to get out of the way? You thought the ball was going to go through the net. And I looked, and there was a sort of silence there at the North Bank. And he said, how did that not go in? He's <laughs> scooped out. And, and the power is such that even as it's gone up, it's gone over the bar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, normally if you'd hit something, like, it would go straight. But the power <laughs> carries with it and it's gone over the bar. Wow. And one all Stoke go through the final and one in 72. Um, so uh, that, that was, that's a, I'm talking, I've got a Hearst memory where he didn't score. But of course that guy was scoring every week. Almost yeah, 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 yeah. every other game. Okay, so Jeff and who have you, so Jeff and who do we have as your last player? Right. Well, I, if I could introduce him, if it's possible, of course, of I, course. I, I have the I have the pleasure of working on a. I've got to hope I can get this now. There we go. Of working on a, a video with him, um, and I had an interview with him as well, <laughs> and we wanted to make to sell his DVD, so we had to put a little. Um, uh, advert together, a radio advert, um, and this this was this was what we did. This was the advert for his uh, video. <clears throat> how long did can you? How long did can you? How long did can you? Out now on video, it's twelve ninety nine. In your video stores. Paolo Di Canio on video. No Italian footballer. Great writer. So TZ Kamara is then. <laughs> no Italian player ever played better in England. That's what. Well, that's what we said in the end. That was the yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, Paolo Di Canio. A complete and utter enigma. I don't know if you've seen the videos he's just done in the last couple of weeks, yeah. him in his garden. Yeah. If anyone doubts how much this guy loved West Ham, 
then just watch that video. You so can't true. doubt the guy's still talking about West Ham and singing I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles and knows all the words. And the shirt, and the shirt was like a 50s or 60s shirt. It wasn't like and one yeah, that he played in. He's guy so. who's interested in the history of the yeah, club. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and um, just to see him you the obvious things the goal against uh, uh wimbledon when he's in the yeah. air hits this volley from this cross this fabulous ball right almost from the halfway line crossed by trevor sinclair how does sinclair not get in this 11 mm. um and decanio airborne like a pirouette hits this ball and then what makes it complete is the goal celebration when he's going, what is yeah. he doing? Does that mean no? Is he saying no, no one in the universe could have scored a goal as good as that? Yeah, yeah. Saying no, I don't even believe I did that myself. Or is he saying no, don't throw money at me yet, I'll take it afterwards. What does that <laughs> no mean? We should, you should have a separate program. You get all the people you can. What did he mean when he went no? Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, other, he, Everyone knows the story of how he came to West Ham. Yeah. Came, um, and, and Harry Redknapp telling the story. I thought I'd take a punt. I thought I'd take a punt. He was one and a half million. He'd been worth 11 million or something. And he was on the scrappy. I don't know. One and a half million still sounds quite a lot of money for someone on the scrappy. Yeah, exactly. But everyone knew he was good. But everyone knew also he pushed down referees. Ian Wright was talking about it recently on a Match of the Day thing where they do talk about great moments. Yeah. And he picked that one out of Di Canio. So Di Canio, it's not really what he should be remembered for. That goal has been voted, incidentally, greatest goal in the Premier League so many times. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He scored great. What about that goal at Stamford Bridge? Yeah. The first goal. He volleys this ball. He tees himself up like he's playing on a training pitch and hits this ball. And the keeper's like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> And he does it again. We get in that game. We are we are hopeless that season. Can't win at home. We didn't win a game till January, mm. and yet we had these three away wins in November um, yeah. two thousand and two. Uh, and is that the best West Ham team that should have won the league and they got relegated? You'd have to be a genius to get that team relegated. Um, but he then scores the winner, cutting yeah. side getting the keeper on the near post again doing the obvious thing yeah yeah, yeah. i think he'd try and be clever and curl one in and won us the game and that is the game where ranieri who's the manager of chelsea remember him the first guy ever to take a team to win the league and get sacked the following season i'd have had i'd have put up with relegation rather than sack a guy who did that quite honestly yeah. you know this is why the game's stupid run by money right claudio ranieri very few people you'll meet as nice as this guy. Post-match, uh, Chelsea 2, West Ham 3. Chelsea have just lost to one of the worst performing West Ham sides that haven't even got, like, hardly got a point at home. Yeah. And they're saying to Ranieri, so, you know, where did it go wrong? Zola scores this nice free kick. Yeah, no, well, you know. We and um, Ranieri said, look, look this, bit, this interview up. He said, there's no time to talk about this game. We should be talking about Paolo Di Canio. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. Can you imagine the manager of the other side talking in that way about someone? Di Canio, his performance on the day was just unbelievable. Um, and again, it was one of the ones there is actually, if you look for it, don't please. <laughs> there, is a, there is a DVD of the whole game, um, which I uh, commentate on. And I'm afraid I'd, it's worth listening to. It, it, for some of the worst commentary because I just lose it. I, I completely lose it. I'm a fan in the, with a commentator's mic and I'm just going, ah, 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 because he just, it just does these amazing things. And um, unfortunately, uh, Di Canio fell out with Glenn Roder. And the other thing about Di Canio is he don't do away games. I don't know why. And Harry Redknapp said afterwards being interviewed, well, you know, we don't do away games really. And you think, you're the manager making <laughs> Exactly. And you couldn't make him do anything. You had to leave. And, and Harry Redknapp was the perfect manager. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All the best out of him. A lot of people don't have a lot of good words to say for Redknapp. I'm not one of them. 
I, I'd have Redknapp up there as one of our great managers. He's done a yeah. lot of crazy things in his life. But what a fabulous team he mm. put together. And he was the man who brought Di Canio to West Ham. Do not forget that, West Ham fans. When you slag off Mr. Redknapp, he brought Di Canio to us. So he should be respected for that, if nothing else. Very good. Sorry. All right. No, that's rant over, Martin. Very good. No, okay, that's great. So just to go over the team again, for Godlin and Eleven, he's got Parksy in goal. He's got Lampard Senior left. He's got Bobby and Alvin in the middle. Ray Stewart on the right. Dev on the left. Brooking and Bonds are two Bs in the middle. Frank Junior on the right. And up front, Jeff and PDC. So Jeff and PDC. That is a pretty awesome team. And you could put Cotty on the bench if you're worried about if you're worried about Decanio not playing. Uh... I did want to say, and I should have said it, although I called him Damien Rice. God, I can imagine people out there going. <laughs> Who does Damien Rice? He's a singer. He sings Cannonball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Declan Rice must also consider himself unlucky not to be in that 11. And it's only, only because of his youth and also the fact that some other team are going to, drag him away eventually the only the only good thing for west ham about this coronavirus is that declan rice is still a west ham player Don't and, we and we haven't lost for over two months now we so it's our best run ever yeah but tony cotty absolutely yeah. is the 12th man because we need someone to to go play in the away games which paolo di canio won't be turning out. and 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 cotty i've spoken about him as well the, the best six yard finisher in the premier league alan shearer said that and remember, he's still the is he still the Premier League top scorer? Yeah, he did an interview on, on the um, Tony Cotty DVD and he was full of admiration for him. So high praise. So if you have any doubt about Tony Cotty, you don't know him. I'm telling you, Alan Shearer, who's a man who can score goals, spoke highly. And of course, he scored all those goals for Frank McAvenny in that fabulous 85-86 season, Russ. Mm. Yep. No, definitely. There's a very strong team, Martin. Very, very good. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure talking to you, Martin. As everyone, as I said to everyone, Martin's uh, hopefully proved his um, encyclopedic knowledge of West Ham. I'm sure there's a lot of YouTube searches that's going to happen afterwards with some of these players and some of the stories and some of the goals that you mentioned. Um, thank you very, very much for your time, Martin. Hopefully we'll see each other soon. Yes, hopefully. And thank you very much for inviting me on. I've had absolute an absolute pleasure. Ball. Thank you for Lovely. tolerating my um, old manism, but uh, all the memories there. 50 no. years, yeah. Impressive, wow. impressive stuff. <laughs> anyway, thanks everyone. Like and subscribe to the channel, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.